You are listening to Muslim in Moderation, discussions on minority culture, identity, and politics, with Ali Ahmed. Welcome to episode 15 of the podcast, which features award-winning author Sajda Ali, known professionally as S.K. Ali. She is the author of Saints and Misfits and Love from A to Z, both critically acclaimed novels featuring hijab-wearing teenagers. Her third novel, Misfit in Love, a sequel to Saints and Misfits, is due in May 2021. Saints and Misfits follows 15-year-old Jana, an Arab-Indian-American girl who is well entrenched in the Muslim community. She develops feelings for a non-Muslim boy, but that's not the tough part. The tough part is that he happens to be good friends with the teenage mosque leader who sexually assaulted her. Love from A to Z features 18-year-old Zainab, a socially conscious high school senior who gets suspended from school for drawing what's viewed as a violent cartoon about her Islamophobic teacher. She takes an early spring break trip to visit an aunt in the Middle East and meets a Muslim boy coming home from university. They make a connection, but it turns out he's just been diagnosed with MS, which is the same disease that killed his mother. Sajda and I talked about her writing style, balancing the needs of Muslims and non-Muslim audiences, and the reception her books have received. I hope you enjoy the discussion and that you pick up her books. Links are in the show notes. Here is the author, S.K. Ali. It's interesting because the book is really easy to read. It's straightforward prose. And yet at the same time, you're dealing with some really seriously heavy issues here, like sexual assault, like serious illness, and the issues of cultural identity and Islamophobia. And yet, Somehow you're, you've got this underlying theme of young love that really resonates and I imagine really resonates even more with that age group that it seems like you're targeting. So how do you balance all of these really difficult issues in your writing? I just known from being an educator uh, for over 20 years and having children myself that young people can deal with difficult issues and do deal with difficult issues in their lives and not shying away from like being open about all facets of the issues that they're grappling with is really key and important to like connecting and making them understand that there are people out there who do understand the things that they're going through and that there is support there, though they might not think it, people in their lives might be able to be there for them as well. So I just take the position of simplicity and that's why I don't do like a really sophisticated prose or ornamental stuff and everything because I think readers should feel like they're not reading when they're reading. They should just feel like they're part of the experiences of the book and stuff. And I just Mm -hmm. come from that school of thought that you don't hide the meaning or you don't couch it in a way that where somebody has to seek what's going on. That's where I write with honesty and simplicity and clarity and just talk about all issues that young people grapple with, that all people grapple with. And our books are most of the segment of our readership is young readers, but there is also a lot of adult adult readers who who read it because love experience the same things that a lot of these novels focus on and talk about. And maybe adults haven't processed some of the things that happened when they were young as well. So the other thing I I wondered, and I've had a couple of conversations with Zarka Nawaz, and is whether you found it frustrating about having to explain Muslim cultural norms so that, you know, the broader audience would understand it rather than just telling the story. And it's a little bit more 
kind of mm-hmm. glaring in, say, Zarka Nawaz's she, book because she's trying oh, to make yeah. jokes. And then it's like she's yeah. explaining her joke and saying, yeah. hey, you know, <laughs> I'm a Pakistani Muslim. We make samosas, you know, and, mm-hmm. and this is funny. And, and of course, it is funny. But at the same time, I'm looking at thinking if you were just you and I in a room talking, telling this joke, you wouldn't tell it this way. And yeah. I wonder whether how you feel about having to add those little bits of explanation. In Left A to Z, there's a lot of parts where you're getting into the nuts and bolts of Islamophobia. And in some of those sections, I wondered, well, is this a conversation that teenagers would actually have? Or Mm -hmm. is it needed so that you can explain Mm -hmm. these issues, you know, Mm -hmm. to the readers who wouldn't otherwise understand them? Initially, when I started writing, it was a revelation to me that so much of this had to be explained because I did my degree in creative writing and I was writing adult like short stories and literary short stories and stuff. And there's just an assumption that you just readers just have to go with the flow of whatever's happening. But when I started writing young adults and I had um, non-Muslim uh, critique partners, there was a lot of questions about well, I don't get this. I don't understand this. So at first I was really surprised because the partners that I had were people who uh, interact with diversity. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what? Even they don't get it? It was just a surprising thing to me. And then, I mean, I could have been like, well, it doesn't matter. But it does matter because you can't just write for a Muslim audience. As much readers as possible, you have to bring in as well. And so and in Saints and Misfits, I found myself a lot slipping in things like halal means permissible and you know and but i try to use it in the context of like well this character is using this to prove to somebody that she's not a vegetarian because she's eating something with animal gelatin and stuff and so i try to do it in those ways and like really kind of like hide it but it still was kind of glaring that there was an assumption that the readers are not fully going to understand everything. So that part was a revelation to me. And I think I did it in the interest of like, I wanted this published in North America. I wanted it accessible, as accessible as I could get it. And then afterward, conversations evolved about diverse narratives and how you just can't make it like the readers can't do any work. You just have to make it so easy for them to slide in when, when you know, people bring up like, J.R. Tolkien, he, you know, made up languages and cultures in his book, and there was no explanation for some of the things. And it was just like, readers had to just work it out, right? And you did work it out. So as the conversations moved along, and people started being like, well, why should we make it all like really palatable and everything? I decided with Love for Me to see, I would go bit more away from that and I did with things like terms and stuff and like I just used inshallah in Arabic and, and my editor was like yes we're fine with that and everything and I was really fortunate in that I, I worked with a publisher and editor who did not italicize any from any of my books like didn't italicize any words or you know have a glossary yeah. and stuff like that but um, there were some topics in love for me to Z that I knew that somebody who hadn't grown up being visibly Muslim We'd never be able to understand where the frustration of being on site summed up, where that comes from, because Muslims as a whole are not a complaining group of people. I know it's a blanket statement to say, but I found out from speaking to like a lot of people about these experiences and having gone to like some anti-bias conferences and stuff that Mm -hmm. people did not know the Muslim experience of having dealt with the trauma of Islamophobia and being othered immediately on site and all of the little 
things that we Muslim, especially Muslim women who wear hijab, we talk about amongst ourselves and we laugh about our, amongst ourselves. Really, we actually laugh about these experiences and be like, you know, oh my gosh, this is what happened. But we laugh to cope. Yeah. But when you look at what actually happened, I felt like when I was young and my friends felt like we just assumed we would be hated. And that's a really traumatic thing that I don't want any young people to go through, regardless of whatever your background is, right? Like, I'm not just talking about yet Muslim people, just any background. Nobody should grow up like that. And yet, Muslims don't share those traumas very publicly, because I think our faith spiritually tells us, you know, to be hopeful, put put our trust in God, and there will be hardships, and we get through it and stuff. But I think the wider public needs to kind of understand different members of their society go through that that creates empathy and that creates so it's a feeling of walking in someone's shoes and seeing that oh i understand why you know a policy such as the muslim ban or like these things just slide and people protest but it still happens why it seems so easy to like be hateful or people not to be so outraged about it because people haven't had those experiences of how it affects people's lives in real ways, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I remember going for a job interview and when I was a teen and my first job interview for a grocery store and a cashier, the whole focus of the interview was on my hijab. Yeah. It was like, isn't that hijab going to get stuck in, you know, isn't that scarf going to get stuck in the conveyor belt? Isn't this going to happen? Like all of these things that nowadays we, Toronto, we see more visibly Muslim hijabis in different jobs. But if that went away from that interview, not feeling like, oh, I could call somebody about this or, you know, I could challenge this. I kind of feel like, well, that's how I'm treated, right? Yeah. And I grappled with that as a writer because I was like, I don't like info dumping. Like, here's a bunch of information you need to know. But I was talking to my editor and she was like, conversation is a good way to bring those things up. So I chose to do it because I think there's you know, there's an element of recording our truths and our history that the Muslim creators need to do as well. You know, in both of the books, you've got strong female characters who wear the hijab and all sorts of other characters as well who are who are Muslim. And I would say more so in, in Saints and Misfits than in Love Tay to Z, they're mm-hmm. particularly community minded. And, mm-hmm. you know, in Saints and Misfits, there is mosque is the center. And while that's not the mm-hmm. experience of every Muslim, I mean, there is a significant group that are engaged in, mm-hmm. in mosque culture and the mosque is the center of the community. And mm-hmm. Saints and Misfits in particular is a real warts and all portrayal. I mean, the well, the central incident in that is an assault perpetrated by a man heavily involved in the mosque. And mm-hmm. I wonder whether you were concerned about how perceptions of Muslims might be impacted by sort of that portrayal in particular And maybe just generally about when you're writing about any of the Muslim characters, whether you're worried that you're shaping perceptions in a way that might be harmful or less than desirable because you're telling real and authentic stories. That's something I thought about a lot because when I was writing Saints and Misfits, I didn't think about that. I didn't think about, is this going to add any negative aspects? Because I understood why I was writing what I was writing and I understood that I love my community and a proud Muslim and everything. I didn't see it from the way of like, it looks, the community looks bad or 
there's this aspect of the Camino that's being explored. And But after it, it came out, because I was primarily dealing with trauma of sexual assault, which goes beyond communities. It's like, I mean, it's not intrinsic to any one community. So I was seeing it from that angle. And then after Sentiments Fist came out, I was a little bit taken aback that there were some Muslims who didn't like the fact that I was looking at these things and that it was from the Muslim community that, you know, there was a negative, like the monster in the book was from the Muslim community. And that's when I started to really think about the fact that Muslims maybe have, like I did, have negativity fatigue. They didn't want something negative associated again with their community. But I also think that Islam is about, being a Muslim is also about truth and justice. And whether it's against you and your family, your community, whatever. And so, you know, that whole sense of like, what are other people going to think of us in the end of the day doesn't count when there's harm or there when there's when there's something to be addressed. And um, after the book came out um, later that year, the Me Too movement really started to pick up steam. And it was just seen as how widespread this issue was. And people then, I think, started to put it in context that this is not an examination of the Muslim community. It's an examination of this issue that affects so many women and girls around the world. And not only women and girls, but it, different survivors of this needs to needs to have their stories explored. And then I think after Love for Me to Z came out, which I was looking at an issue outside of, I was looking at an issue of how Muslims are treated. Then people went back and read Saints and Misfits in another way. I noticed that because some of the people who were like, oh, why does she have to do this? Then loved Love for Me to Z because it was validating that other experience of being othered and unpacking some of that negativity and stuff. So I think then there was a shift and I see the shift just in young people's reviews and stuff. And then I also see the other way where like a lot of people embraced Saints and Misfits because they were like, oh, look, a brave Muslim woman taking on right. her community. That's how they saw it. Yeah. They really did not go for love from A to Z because they were like, oh, now what is she doing? Like she's talking about like how there's um, misogyny that goes beyond the Muslim community. And a whole scene in Love from A to Z that talks about that. I mean, misogyny in the Muslim community is used to sum up the Muslim community. But misogyny in other communities are not used to sum up their communities. So there's discussions of that. And I felt like there was two different audiences who loved both books separately and then there's some who who realized that what I was doing in Saints wasn't critiquing our community, was actually critiquing an issue that transcends community boundaries. And I think it it's also because there's so few stories featuring Muslims that there's greater expectations from not just Muslims, but just like any marginalized community that's seen so there's such few representations, then any representation that's put out there is given extra scrutiny is mm-hmm. there's more pressure on it to be doing everything, but no book and no story and no creative work, no movie is going to do everything for community that's been misrepresented or invisible or erased. Or It takes a lot of stories to do it full justice. And it takes a lot of different creatives, a lot of different ways of telling stories and everything to really capture the fullness of, of our experiences. And warts and all has happened because when other people who are outside of our community examine issues, 
they don't examine it from a place of love. And when you have people from the community writing about issues, there is that place of love. So as there's an increase in stories, more people will understand that there's a benefit in us looking at our own stories and our own issues regardless of what they are. Like for my next book, I kind of wonder if I'm doing a pattern because Saints and Misfits looked at an intra-community issue that was like something mm-hmm. in the community. And then Love from A to Z was like external to the community. Mm-hmm. And then my next book is very intra-community. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> because people will be like, oh gosh, why is she bringing up something? Though it's a happy book and it takes place during a wedding weekend, there's still, I impact some issues that, our communities and not just our communities, but an issue that a lot of communities grapple with that I think as Muslims, our religion commands us to stand for truth and justice and that we need to like look at and move forward on. I picked up Saints and Misfits a little bit after I talked to Professor Zahra Ayubi on sexual abuse within the Muslim community. And in that perspective, it really hit home in a different way because Professor Ayubi is an academic and she's exploring all of these issues from an academic angle, looking into these topics. Of course, they're heartbreaking in, in that sense. But then reading your dramatic portrayal of an incident like that and what its impact on someone would be. And seeing that through Jenna, you know, how she copes with it and having that take up the space of a whole book, you'd say, well, okay, even that kind of incident, seeing the impact from it, I think it really brought that conversation I had with her to bear in a different way. So mm-hmm. I thought that was really good and, and really useful. And of course, one of the things that Professor Ayubi talked about was that people try to hide these incidents because mm-hmm. of Islamophobia, of, of fear of mm-hmm. negative perceptions. And that's really not what our community should stand for. Our community should stand for mm-hmm. airing mm-hmm. all of these issues out so that you can get rid of it and have the mm-hmm. community you want. And I think you know books like mm-hmm. yours are, are part of that process. There's a new shift in learning and in pedagogy where you learn with the nonfiction and the fiction. So whatever topic it is, get the academic and the that researched aspect of it, the facts, and then you also look at the story, a fiction piece like Saints and Misfits. It's a great way to like really get a rounded understanding of a topic. Thank you for listening to Muslim in Moderation. If you enjoyed the podcast, please subscribe and give it a rating. A new episode will be out monthly. For guest profiles, episodes and show notes, visit www.musliminmoderation.com.